Well, turn in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. I'm going to go fairly quickly through this this morning, uh, just because we spent some time on this other thing, but, but other things as well. It's, a, it's a, an incredible subject. Uh, I, to be honest with you, I'm almost tired of studying temptation, because it just reminds me all the time, what? They were tempted. So how do we gain the victory? How can we do that? We've been seeing three big things on the study. What is temptation? Where does it come from? How do we deal with temptation? We've seen temptation as the pull to do wrong, and, and that's what it is. And it comes from the world, the devil, and the flesh, so we've been doing this. And so the next one, how in the world do we deal with, we, we've been seeing how to deal with it, and there are three big areas. And that's God's promises, God's provisions, and our responsibilities. Now, what we've seen over the past, we've seen God's promises, we've seen God's provisions. Now, we're looking at our responsibility. And so when we think about our responsibility, our thinking and our actions. So we're going to look this morning at our thinking and our actions. Now, let me remind you of something. I read this study by George Barnard. I told you about him that sometimes I like him, sometimes I don't. He, he always interviews Christians. He interviews churches. He tries to get what people are thinking. His most recent study has been about a year and a half ago. He said this, that in the United States, 70% of the people in the United States claim to be Christians. Okay, I'm not saying they're not. I'm just, they just say they're Christians. Of these 70% of the people in the United States who say they're Christians, 82% say they believe the Bible is God's Word. Okay, so 82% of, let's just say this, 82% of Christians say they believe the Bible is God's Word. But then, another question, do you believe there is absolute truth? A little more than 50% of the Christians said they believe in absolute truth. So that means half of the Christians say they believe the Bible's God's Word, but half of them don't believe it's necessarily the truth. See? And so you've got problems here. And, and so when people start saying things like, oh, I believe the Bible, but it may or not may or not be true. You know, I believe the Bible's from God, but there's errors in it. I believe the Bible's from God, but it's not necessarily truth. And so what happens is, based on our thinking, our actions, all those kind of things, we need to know how to, how to deal with the temptations, the thing. What do we think about the Bible? What do we do with this? So as we're looking at this, we're, we're talking about dealing with temptation, and we're thinking of thinking in action. So let's look first at thinking, Okay. This is, there are certain things when we think about it, okay? This comes from our mind, and the first thing we want to think about is our attitude, and our attitude toward temptation, our attitude concerning temptation. So what is it? First of all, think this is this. Number one is that we can fall. We have to understand that. Look at 1 Corinthians 10. Look at basically verse 12. Therefore, let him who thinks he stands take heed that he does not fall. Now, we are all capable of what? Sinning, and we're capable of falling. The first, uh, the attitude that we should have is, wait a minute, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I, I could fall any time. Could any of us fall any time? Could any of us sin any time? Could any of us, when the temptations come in our life, fall any time? The answer is yes. Take heed lest you think you stand, you fall. The moment you begin to say is, I would never do something like that, then you've put yourself in a situation where you probably will. So be careful there. We're capable. So the first thing is to realize we can fall. The second thing is what is our thought life? We need to be thinking heavenly, not earthly. And what I mean by that is in 1 Corinthians, uh, I mean, in, in Colossians 3, 1 and 2, he says, if we've been raised up with Christ, think of the things 
heavenly things. We're God's children. We belong to Him. We need to set our minds on the things above, as He says there. We need to live in such a way that we're, we're thinking good things. You know, the world, uh, you can put your thoughts on things that are sinful. And let me tell you, the more you think on sinful things, the more you want to think on sinful things because that applies, it goes right to your flesh. So anytime we're thinking on things that we'd say are wrong, we're going to have the desire to think on those wrong things. That's why Paul says, if, if there's anything good, think on these things. Since we've been raised up with Christ Jesus, think with him. In fact, the next one in Philippians 4.8, he says, whatever is pure, whatever is good, whatever is just, whatever is right, whatever is good repute, think on these things. So when we think about our attitude, our attitude is you can fall. You can fall. We can fall any day. How many, well, how many of you sinned yesterday? So we all fell yesterday, do we? Do you think you could fall today? Do you think that there's certain, let me ask you this. Are there certain sins that you would never do? Yeah. You think, you say, well, I don't think I would do that. Let me ask you something. Do you think David thought that he would murder and you think David thought he would commit adultery and then murder the husband of the person he committed adultery with? If you ask David, man after God's own heart, saying, I'm going to defend Israel against that big old giant guy. I'm going to live for God. My heart is for him. He's the guy that writes the Psalms. If you said, hey, David, now, by the way, you know one of these days you're going to murder somebody. You're also going to commit adultery. David said, I never did that. So we've got to realize that we are capable. We are capable. We take heed lest we think we stand, and then we need to think on the right things. Now, I have to say that I think part of the problem with most of us is that we allow our minds to think the bad things, to think sinfully, because it's a natural pull. Am I right? It's a fallen world controlled by the devil, the devil and, and the fallen world affects our what? What does it affect? Our flesh, okay? And the flesh is the natural bent to sin. And so we're constantly being pulled to sin, and it is very easy to think on the wrong things. And that's why, at least in two different places, in, you know, it says in Colossians, you've been raised up with Christ, put your mind on the heavenly things. And then in Philippians, he says, whatever's pure, whatever's lovely, whatever's good, whatever's good repute, whatever's right, think on these things. So we need to do that. Now, there's a second aspect under our attitude and or under the, the thinking part is the accountability. Now, we need to realize, we need to think that we are accountable to God. And we don't, we don't always realize that. We don't always think about it that way. When you're about to do something wrong, do you automatically think right then, oh, I'm going to answer to God for this, or I'll be, a, as a child of God, uh, I'm doing something that I know is contrary to what he's told me to do, and, and I'm accountable for that. Do we always think that way? Do you? If you do, would you stop? We think we would, but sometimes we don't. So the accountability to God is realize that sin is against God. In Psalm 51, 4, when David wrote, and David confessed his sin about Bathsheba, he said, against you and you only have I what? <coughs> Sinned. Listen, we, when we sin, now, uh, let me say that, let's use an example. Let's say that I lied to Susie. Okay, did I lie to Susie? And that, that's a sin, and that was against Susie. But ultimately, God says, who is that sin against? Who is that sin against? It's against God, because God said, you are not to lie. And when I lie, I'm basically saying, you told me not to lie, but I'm lying. 
It's like Adam and Eve in the garden when he said, don't eat from the tree. And, and basically, bottom line, now what they should have done, what Adam and Eve should have done is said, we violated your stuff. But he said, bad woman. Woman said, bad snake. And so they didn't even take responsibility for their sin. But the bottom line is, all sin is against who? It's against God. It really is. And, and, and that might, it might help. Look at the next one there. It's in Second Samuel. Uh, Saul even said this, I have sinned against the Lord. He is the one that established rights and wrongs. Now, by the way, in our culture, there aren't any rights and wrongs, right? Because our culture says we establish right from wrong. If this is true and right for me, that's right for me. Something may be true and right for you, that's right for you. It's called postmodernism. That's what we're in. We're in a culture <coughs> that basically says what's right for you is right for you, and that's okay. Man, what's right for them is right for them. Now, the problem is when they clash, right? That's the problem. But the bottom line is... What's right for me is not necessarily right for me, and what's right for that person, what's right is what's right from God, not from us. See, our government says it's okay to kill babies. It's not against the law to abort a baby, okay? But according to the Bible, are we to take a life like that? No. So, so you can have laws by men that say this is okay when God says it's not okay, Right? So we have to be really careful. We realize that when we sin, our sin is against God. Now, there are, uh, you've heard me say this before, but it is true. There are two key Greek words for sin. I mean, there's, there's like nine, but there's two that stand out that are used all the time. One is the word hanatia, which means to miss the mark. It was originally used if a guy was shooting a bow and arrow and he missed, he'd go, ah, oh, hanatia, hanatia, I missed it. And so sin is to miss the mark. And uh, we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. That's the word harmatia there. We've, we've missed the mark and come short of God's glory. There's another Greek word that means to step across the line. It's paragetes, which means to trespass, and it's translated trespass. We were dead in our trespasses and sins. That two words, trespasses, is, is the one that means to step across the line, and sins means the one that missed the mark. So either we sin because we just don't measure up, or we on purpose decide that we're stepping across the line. And both of those are sin against God. In fact, all sin is against God. Now, here's the second part that's cut. We're going to stand before him. Now, remember this. You're not standing before God when you stand before him for the whole idea of uh, you've, got, you've got eternal life. But when you stand before him and, and there's, there's sin in our lives... Uh, the, the, we're not going to get the rewards. Think about this one, uh, the, Hebrews 4.13. He says, we've got to give an answer to God. And 2 Corinthians 5.10, the next one says, we should all stand before the judgment seat of God to be rewarded. Well, let me tell you something. When you are sinning, will you receive rewards? No. You can't sin and be rewarded at the same time. You can't do wrong and think you're going to be rewarded for doing wrong because rewards come from being what? faithful and doing the right thing. And so when we're living righteously and godly, God says, well done, good and faithful servant. But when we live in sin, so we'll be accountable. It's not, you've heard me say many times, when you stand before Jesus Christ at the judgment seat of Christ, it's not for sin. It's not, because the sins are already on Christ. But you're, whenever you have sinned, you lose the opportunities to do what? Gain rewards. Gain rewards. This is all about rewards. It's all about rewards. Okay. 
So when we thought about our, our, our thinking, our attitude is to take heed lest we could fall and think heavenly. The second thing is that we're accountable. We're accountable because sin is against God, and we're going to stand before him one day. That takes us to our actions, okay? That's the next thing. And we think about actions, and, and this, there are three things, I think, to do, okay? And these are real simple. We've already seen a whole bunch of other things. I just want you to see three things. Number one is prayer. Tell God, tell others. When you are tempted, when the issues are coming, when there are areas in our lives that we're falling, first of all, tell God. We tell God, Matthew 26, 41, what did he say? Lord, lead me not into what? Temptation. Listen, we can say to God, God, help me not put myself, help me not get into situations where I'll be tempted to do wrong. We all know in our lives there are places we can go, things we can look at, things we can read, things we, that will put us in places in which we'll what? Choose to sin. So we've got to be very careful. And that's why the Bible talks about be, be careful where you go, what you see. Um, Proverbs 4, oh, 32 in there, Proverbs 4, he basically says three things. He says, be careful what you say, be careful where you go, and be careful what you look at. Because he says, guard your heart. And you've you got to guard our hearts because you've got to be careful what you do. And so he, we tell God, God, protect me, basically. Protect me. And then, and then in uh, the Hebrews passage, the next one, yeah, right there, Hebrews 2.18, uh, we can come to our great high priest because he's, he was tempted in all points without sin. So he understands temptation. And then the next one, in Hebrews 4.15-16, through 16, we can come boldly to the throne of grace. Listen to this. I want to read this to you. This is so powerful. <coughs> Listen to this. He's talking about Jesus. We do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weakness. We have a high priest who what? Can sympathize with our weakness. Why? Because Jesus Christ became a human being, a perfect human being living on this earth. He says, but one who has been tempted in all places yet without sin. And then here's what he says, and this is what's amazing when the temptation comes. Therefore, let us draw near with confidence to the throne of grace. It's grace. So that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Listen, when the temptations are coming, where do you go? Where do you go? You go to God. Remember, he's given you... He's giving you the, the Holy Spirit. He's giving you the Word. He's giving you the armor. So when it comes, we ended that whole section by prayer. And so we pray to Him. We come to Him and say, Lord, <coughs> I'm coming to you right now because the temptation is here and I need to have victory. There's also an aspect of telling others and because and, we bear one another's burdens in Galatians. Sometimes if there's an area in your life that you, there's a weakness, it's okay to get a friend, somebody that you trust, someone who will maintain confidence and confidentiality. If you come to a person and say, I've got an area that I'm struggling with and I would like for you to help hold me accountable and us meet and talk about it, that can't be a person that's going to go tell other people. Can't be. So if you're going to get help from somebody else, and we all need help from other people, that's why he put us in the body of Christ, you need to find a friend Someone you can trust, someone who is trustworthy, so that when you, you come to them and you say, listen, this is an area, and, and when the temptation comes, I'm going to call you because I need to talk to you and you need to help me, that can't be the person that's going to go and tell other people. can't be because they, you want them to help you. 
So Galatians 6, 2, bear one another's burden. Okay, that's the first thing. The first thing is to pray, telling God, and sometimes telling others. The second thing is to flee. We've seen this over and over, but th- this is probably the, the, the best one of all. Whenever the temptation comes is you get away as fast as you can. Get out of the situation. Chuck Swindoll said this. I thought it was a great one. He says, do not try to peacefully coexist with temptation. <laughs> it won't work. <laughs> you can say, well, I think I can handle this. You can't handle it. What did Joseph do when Pharaoh's, I mean, when Potiphar's wife came after him? What did he do? He ran out of the house. He ran out of the house. Sometimes in your life, there are going to be things coming, and you sense it, you know it, you see it, and you say, I can't stay here, or I can't do this. I can't, well, I'm turning that off. I'm not going to read this anymore. I'm not going to be here anymore. I'm not going to put myself in these situations. I had a friend that didn't drink, and he, he was in an internship in the summer in Dallas, and it was in an office, and he was a young guy. He was still in college. But he said, as he was a Christian, he said, I don't want to drink. I don't, I don't want to drink. And everybody in the office, when at 5 o'clock, they all said, hey, we're all going to go over to someplace and I'll have a drink. And he said, well, I'll go. And they said, you come on with us. And it got to the point where they were tempting him. They, oh, you, oh, come on, you can drink one thing. What do you think? And uh, he realized, I can't even go with them because it's going to get worse and worse. And sometimes in your life, you have to say, I can't do that because I'm not going to be able to handle it and I'm not going to put myself in that situation. So sometimes the best thing to do is to flee, is to get out. And, and look at this right here. Uh, if, if we continue to put ourselves in, in the place where temptation can lead us to sin, <coughs> we are both disobedient and foolish. If you continually put yourself in a situation where you sin, where there's temptation to sin, you're disobedient and foolish. You just got to get out of that. So pray. Flee, and one more, and that's to deal with it, to confess it. First John 1, 9, if we confess our sin, he's what? Faithful and just to forgive us. I think the next slide says that, yeah. It's the idea of being restored to fellowship with our Savior. The goal is to confess our sin. He's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all our righteousness. Let me remind you of this. This is why I love this verse so much. I know time would pass time, but listen to this. If we confess our sin, first class, third class if in Greek, which means maybe you will, maybe you won't. Maybe you'll confess your sin, maybe you won't. If you confess your sin, and confess is homo legeo. Homo means same, legeo means to speak. It means to say the same thing. When we confess our sin, we're saying the same thing God says. We say it's wrong and it's paid for. So when you sin, you come to God and say, God, I admit that's wrong. I did wrong. But Jesus is already what? paid for it. So if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to do what? Anybody remember the verse? To forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now, <clears throat> the one part that we've talked about many, many times, but I have to go over it again because it's so powerful. When it says we, he's faithful and just to forgive us, is forgive us the sins we confessed, but also to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That means even the sins you don't remember. Because the truth is this, we may sin a hundred times today and confess five of them. But when we confess those sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That is so beautiful, and that's what God does. So confess sin. Look at it like he looked at it. It's wrong. Uh, Philippians says, listen, when you forget what is behind, press on what ahead. Listen, when you sin, sometimes we beat ourselves up. We sin, we confess it. We're back into fellowship, but we say stuff like, 
God will never use me now. Oh, I'm worthless. I'm pitiful. I'm nothing. God says, no, 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 no. Wait, wait. Where did you get that idea? Forget the things that are behind and press on to ahead. You're in fellowship with me. I'll take you and I'll use you for, uh, your, for my glory. Okay, so applications will go really quickly. Let's think biblically when dealing with temptation and sin. When, uh, when they have the proper attitude. Remember the proper attitude is that we can fail and think good things. Second, realize we're accountable to God. Think about it. Sin is against God and we're going to stand before him one day. So what do we do? Let's do the following when we're tempted. We pray. Then talk to God and talk to others. We flee, get out of there, and we confess and uh, get back into fellowship with him.